Welcome to the Grove Church. My name is Kent, and thank you for tuning in today. You can find all these videos and more on our website, www.grovechurch.life, or check out our podcast of these sermons made available through Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. And I want to give a special shout out and thank you to all of you who are partnering with the Grove to help all people experience new life in Jesus. If you're interested in giving, just visit our website and give right there, or you can even text the dollar amount you want to give to 84321, then follow the prompts to get it set up. We will be resuming our first Sunday of the month gatherings in February. So put February 7th, 10 a.m. on your calendar and join us at Rosedale Middle School in the outdoor amphitheater. Now, a couple of things I want to remind you of before we gather. One, we will be outside per our current tier restrictions that are allowed in California. So dress warm. Two, bring a chair or blanket to lay out for the service. Uh, three, make sure you have a mask on your person when you enter the school premise or one will be provided for you. And four, this is an excellent opportunity to invite some people you have been hoping to bring to the Grove. So I can't wait for that this next weekend. We'll, we'll also be doing a live stream event through Facebook for, that, for, that, for those who cannot make it in person. But right now, let's go ahead and continue in our series, Genesis, in the beginning. Now, we have been taking the book of Genesis and then tracing out the story of the gospel from Genesis as it intersects with our lives today. And as we open up our Bibles, Genesis 22 will demonstrate there is no greater love than sacrifice. We will see it through Abraham and ultimately through God himself. So let's take a moment to discuss this question together now. What is the hardest thing you have had to sacrifice? Chapter 22 picks up right where last week's narrative left off. The Lord had told Abraham to follow Sarah's plan to exile his son Ishmael and his mom Hagar. With only one heir remaining, chapter 22 begins. I want you to pause right now to invite any of the kids with you in the house to listen in on this Bible story today from Sally Lloyd-Jones' Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, this Jesus Storybook Bible is an excellent resource to parents as you teach your kids the whole Bible story. I personally grow and continue to be challenged by this simple yet profound message centered on Jesus. So check out the story. The present. God knew that his secret rescue plan could only work if Abraham trusted him completely. God had to make sure Abraham would do whatever he asked. So a few years later, God asked Abraham to give him a present. Abraham liked giving presents to God. He gave God his animals. They were called sacrifices, and they were a way to say, I love you, to God. But this time, God didn't want a lamb or a goat. God wanted Abraham to give him something more, much more. He wanted Abraham to give him his son, his only son, the son he loved. Isaac. Put his boy on the altar and kill him as a sacrifice? How could God want him to do such a terrible thing? Abraham didn't understand, but he knew that God was his father who loved him. And so Abraham trusted him. 
Early the next morning, Abraham and Isaac set off. They climbed the steep, stony trail up the mountain. Isaac carried the wood on his back. His father carried the knife and the coals. Papa, Isaac said, we have everything except we forgot the lamb for the sacrifice. God will give us the lamb, son, Abraham said. They built an altar and laid the wood on top. Abraham asked his son to climb on top of the wood. Isaac didn't understand, but he knew his father loved him, so he trusted him. He climbed up onto the altar and Abraham tied his boy to the wood. Isaac didn't struggle or even try to run away. He just lay there quietly, didn't make a sound. Everything was ready. Abraham took the knife. Tears were filling his eyes. Pain was filling up his heart. His hand was shaking. He lifted the knife high into the air. Stop, God said. Don't hurt the boy. I want him to live and not die. I know now that you love me because you would have given me your only son. Abram felt his heart leap with joy. He unbound Isaac and folded him in his arms. Great sobs shook the old man's whole body. Scalding tears filled his eyes, and for a long time, they stayed there like that, in each other's arms, the boy and his dad. Suddenly, Abram saw a ram caught in some brambles, the sacrifice. God had given them what they needed just in time. The ram would die so Isaac didn't have to. And so Abraham sacrificed the ram instead of his son. And as they sat there on the mountaintop, watching the embers of the fire die in the cool night air, the stars above them sparkling in the velvet sky, God helped Abraham and Isaac understand something. God wanted his people to live, not to die. God wanted to rescue his people, not punish them, but they must trust him. One day, someone will be born in your, to your family, God promised them, and he will bring happiness to the whole world. God was getting ready to give the whole world a wonderful present. It would be God's way to tell his people, I love you. Many years later, another son would climb another hill, carrying wood on his back. Like Isaac, he would trust his father and do what his father asked. He wouldn't struggle or run away. Who was he? God's son, his only son, the son he loved, the lamb of God. Wow, what a powerful story. Well, let's stop right now and discuss this question together with the kids present. What stood out to you in the story? And if you're familiar with the story, what was new? This story is such a powerful reflection on sacrifice and love. We need to recognize that God's whole story of asking his servant, Abraham, to sacrifice his son can insult our modern sensibilities. I mean, what kind of God would ask someone to kill their child? However, I believe that we need to take a closer look at this because before we explore the rest of the narrative. In those days, a child sacrifice to appease a deity was not a strange thing, nothing out of the ordinary. Unfortunately, many pagan worship rites thought that a child sacrifice would bring a blessing or favor to the parents from this god. Abraham disagreed with this mindset. To him, the request was unthinkable and a tragedy. He knew that God was asking for something incredibly precious to him, 
However, as we read in the story, God was not trying to kill Isaac, but test Abraham. God was confirming Abraham's love and devotion to him above all else in the world. God never intended for Isaac to die. Yet for Abraham to go by faith through the motions of sacrificing his son, his only son, is an incredible act of trust. We see his, this faith clearly in Isaac's and Abraham's conversation. Check out verse 7. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. Abraham believed that God would provide even before he bound Isaac. Abraham continues to demonstrate incredible amounts of faith in God. So much so that this scene lands Abraham in a leading role in the hall of faith. We see this hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, throughout Hebrews chapter 11, we see a comprehensive look at the faith-filled people who have gone before us, God's people. Hebrews 11 encourages us to strive forward in any circumstance. Just check out what it says about Abraham and the sacrifice of Isaac. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Uh, Genesis does not reveal that Abraham believed God would raise the dead. However, this would make a ton of sense. We know Abraham did not follow the pagan culture of child sacrifice around him. Therefore, the way Hebrews portrays Abraham as faith-filled, even in Isaac's sacrifice, that God would bring him back makes a ton of sense. Yet what remains is that Abraham's faith was in God to get back to himself that which was most precious to him. Abraham demonstrates that love is through sacrifice. Now, our first point from the story is that love, to be sacrificial, the sacrifice has to be precious. Now, Abraham demonstrates his love for God because he was willing to sacrifice that which was more precious than anything else in his life. Remember, Abraham had already sent away his first son, his first heir, and now he was about to kill his second son, the only remaining heir of his possessions. God longs for us to love him first and foremost. And we see this in the Shema of Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Yet even Jesus takes it one step further in Mark 12, 30 and 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Verse 31, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And here's where it happens. There is no other commandment greater than these. The concept of loving God is the same as loving our neighbor. There is no 
commandment singular greater than these. To love God means loving others. Let's be honest, the best way to love others is through sacrificing what you want or desire for their good and benefit. That means as fathers, you putting down the remote, iPad, or gaming console to spend time with your kids and family. As a friend, it means sacrificing your time to sit with a friend who's hurting and in need. It means many things, but I love how Jesus models our love for others to how we would love ourselves. So let's discuss this question now. How have you felt most loved by others around you? In whatever way you feel most loved by others, that might just be the best and most excellent place to start trying to love others in the same manner. However, be willing to hear how others feel most loved. If you feel most loved by receiving gifts, don't be disheartened when others don't respond to how you imagine they should. Remember, you are sacrificing to love them, which might mean sacrificing your preference and expectations about their response. Now, God ultimately models that the sacrifice given for love has to be precious through giving Jesus, Jesus coming and dying a death we deserved. I love in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The sacrifice was precious. God's only Son. I love the parallels between the two stories. God, for sure, is foreshadowing the future sacrifice of Jesus on the cross here in Abraham's life through the sacrifice of Isaac. The quality of the love God demonstrates for us comes in the quality of the sacrifice. God loved his son qualitatively more than anything else. Therefore, his sacrifice shows God's abundant, never giving up, always and forever love for us, his created image bearers. The second aspect for sacrificial love to be loving, the sacrifice has to be sufficient. Abraham, in obedience, took his son to sacrifice him. Here, God is testing Abraham. So Abraham bounds Isaac, places him on the altar, then verse 10 captures the tension of the entire moment. Check it out. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac is not just a test, but an example to God's people that the sacrifice has to be sufficient. It has to be the right one. Isaac would not be able to take the burden of, the, of a genuinely loving sacrifice. God demonstrates his love for Abraham and Isaac through the sufficient sacrifice of a ram. See the provision in verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, 
it shall be provided. God did provide a sufficient sacrifice in place of Isaac. In John 8, 56, some scholars believe that Jesus is referring to this very moment in Abraham's life when he says this, Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. The scene of the ram being caught in the thicket is foreshadowing of Jesus' substitution as our perfect sacrifice. That is why he can say with that Abraham rejoiced to see his day and was glad because God provided a sufficient sacrifice to allow Isaac to live. And the same is for us today. We can rejoice in Jesus' coming because he is our perfect substitute, which allows us to live. There have been many connections that have been made between Isaac and Jesus. Well, let me cover a few. First, Abraham is told to go to the region of Mora, sacrifice Isaac there. Well, it's believed that this same area is where the city of Jerusalem was built many years later. And Jesus was crucified in that same region that Isaac had been laid on the altar. Second, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son. Well, Jesus, it says in John 19, 17, carried his own cross and walked to Calvary. Third, Isaac asks, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And John says about Jesus in John 1, 29, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Fourth, God himself will provide the lamb from the Genesis story, Abraham speaking. And Jesus is likened to a spotless lamb in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, and a slain lamb in Revelation 5, 6. Fifth, Isaac was resurrected figuratively in Jesus in reality. Abraham reasoned that God would raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. As we discussed from Hebrews eleven nineteen. Jesus was buried and was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, as 1 Corinthians 15, 4 state. Well, just like Abraham, we need a sufficient sacrifice to take our place. And we have that in Jesus, who died the death we deserve. He can and does take away our sin through us putting our only trust in him. Isaac was spared death because the lamb that was caught in the thicket. And we are spared eternal death, being given new life in Jesus because of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus' sacrifice that we can offer no greater love to others. Jesus is more precious than anything to God, and he was sufficient. Jesus was sufficient to take on the sins of the whole world. We need to allow Jesus' sacrificial love to flow out of us toward others that will help all people experience new life in Jesus. It's my prayer that God's provision of Jesus will comfort and challenge you in this week ahead. Let's look how we can sacrifice for one another as we live out God's love to us through Jesus. Thank you for tuning in today, and we will see you next week at our large group gathering, February 7th, Roseville Middle School. Take care.